Welcome to another episode of Save Station Radio. This time we're fueled by the flames of disaster. And I am your adorable co-host Dustin, and with me is Cotter. Hello there. And this week, we are talking about Sonic the Hedgehog. Of course, Sonic the Hedgehog released in 1999 no. for the Sega Genesis. No. <laughs> it is a 2D platformer developed by Sega. Did you say 1999? <laughs> 1991 is what okay. I thought I said. Okay. Yes, yeah, Sonic 1 came out after Sonic Adventure 1. It's a weird demake. It's super cool. No, we're we're reviewing Sonic 06 today, huh? Well, no, we're talking about Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, we sure are. I mean, the box I have right next to me says Sonic the Hedgehog on it. Yeah, so. that's what it says. They, do, they they called it Sonic the Hedgehog. No 06 in that title. Okay, I guess this version, the remake of Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> the remake, the reimagining. Remake of reimagining. Released in North America for the Xbox 360 on November 14th, 2006. With later release on the PS3, January 30th, 2007. In PAL Territories, it came out November 24th for the 360. And March thirty or March twenty third, two thousand seven for the PS three. Uh, man, they got warned. <laughs> they did get ten day PS three gamers. In Japan, it released on Xbox three sixty and PS three simultaneously, December twenty first, two thousand and six. Yeah, nearly over a full month later. Supposedly, that PS three version's better, but who knows. Uh, you did all of the work on our notes today, so why don't you take it away, giving us some development facts. Yeah, so this was a big, deep dive. I figured we're at the end of the Sonic the Hedgehog marathon. We were just doing these five games, and I figured we should kind of document, because as we went through these, we kind of talked about how the Sonic team went through a bunch of different changes. They went, they split in half, and then they renamed partway through and it was all very confusing so for this development history i put together a full decade-long timeline of sonic team from 1998 to 2008 um so this will cover 1998 right where sonic adventure 1 was released for the dreamcast and then it will go all the way through 2008 so this should clear up any weird name changes or reasons or whatnot i pulled a lot of this i'll put all my sources for this extensive research in the episode description but here we go so 1998 sonic adventure 1 is released for the dreamcast that's i don't remember the exact dates i didn't put those in but um there you go so then in 1999 is where it starts getting weird this is where sonic team usa and the japanese branch of sonic team split about half of the team goes to san francisco and forms the usa team and then they start working on whatever right after that choo choo rocket which was developed by sonic team is released for the dreamcast and then sonic team usa starts by localizing sa1 testing choo choo rocket for american dreamcast systems to start localizing that and then they're also testing their next game which is fantasy star online That's what Sonic Team USA is up to at this point. Um, After that, Samba de Amigo is released in arcades, and it's a huge arcade hit, which 
is good for Sonic Team. It means um, Sega was kind of focusing on arcades right then, which was not a great move because this was going into the 2000s and arcades were failing, but good for Samba de Amigo. Towards the start of 2000 is when the PS2 is released. <laughs> which um, we've said before spelled death for the Dreamcast. Um, after the PS2 is released, we get Samba de Amigo for the Dreamcast. Sega then decided to restructure its devs and all of its internal teams. So Sonic Team became its own company and its own studio, though it was still tied to Sega. That's interesting. That is it. Is it kind of along the same lines that Pokemon Company is not really Nintendo, but it yes, is? Yes, I you believe know? so. I believe that's that kind of I situation. I didn't realize that. So, because of this restructuring, Sonic Team USA becomes a subsidiary company of Sonic Team Limited, which doesn't really change a whole lot, but that's what happened there. Sonic Team USA starts working on Sonic Adventure 2, which we discussed back then. Um, and then after that, Fantasy Star Online is finally released for the Dreamcast, and that was the Japanese branch working on that. Um, at the beginning of 2001, uh, this was in March... The Dreamcast was officially discontinued. Um, we talked before about how their higher-ups were speaking with Microsoft to try and get deals with them, and with Nintendo to get their games on the GameCube. So after that, Sonic Adventure 2 comes out for the Dreamcast, and then by the end of the year, it comes out for the GameCube as well. And I'm going to say that is the end of Sonic Team's golden period. Right when the Dreamcast died? Right when Sonic Adventure 2 was released. Yeah, they're kind of a mess after that. At least for the console games, because right after Sonic Adventure 2, the original Xbox was released. And then I have, right after that, Sonic Advance 1 was released for the Game Boy Advance. And for the Sonic Advance and Sonic Rush games, those are going to be developed primarily by Dimps, which was a team that I think then later became a part of SNK. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, the guy who developed um, Sonic Pocket Adventure for the Neo Geo Pocket Color, uh, he would then he also directed the first Street Fighter game. So, it's a weird connection Well, I know Dimps there. made Street Fighter 4. Yeah, so Dimps has kind of always been this weird like collaborator with snk but then they also made a lot of these handheld sonic games it's also a fun name to say fun fact dips yes dips so the start of 2002 2002 didn't really have a lot going on i feel like this was mostly the year that they spent establishing a third-party presence with sony and microsoft um specifically microsoft they were leaning heavily on that because of its online capabilities but also kind of getting a deal worked out with sony they also they already had um, friends with Nintendo with um, Sonic Adventure 2 but and the Sonic Advance 1 at this point. But then, you know, kind of setting that up towards the tail end of 2002 is where Sonic Team USA begins working on the Sonic Heroes. Um, I got this from an interview. It was like 10 months back from its release or whatever. So end of 2002 is when they start working on sonic heroes and then after that sonic advance 2 is released for the game boy advance again developed by dimps and a banger yes the advanced games are pretty good um start of 2003 
is when Billy Hatcher and the Giant Egg is released for the GameCube. This one was developed by Sonic Team in Japan, obviously. They had been working on it for a little bit, but, you know, it's a weird platformer. It's exclusive to the GameCube, so I don't know if their Sony and Microsoft deal had fully shaken out, or maybe if it was, like, specifically for Sonic games. Again, they're still, like, a subsidiary company, which is weird, but this is 2003, Billy Hatcher comes out. And then right around after the release of Billy Hatcher is when Sonic Team Japan begins experimenting with a new idea for a realistic tone and advanced physics. They had been kicking around this idea that they were going to do an original project. It wasn't clear what kind of game they had thought it was going to be, presumably like an action or an action platformer of some kind, but... That was the idea. They began brainstorming th that in early 2003. Um, Sonic Battles released for the GBA. This one, I believe, is developed by THQ. So, again, not a whole lot of like Sonic Team directly developing, but they are, they are credited for it, so it's here. Late 2003, uh, Sonic Heroes is released for the PS2, Xbox, and GameCube, which we discussed prior. Uh, that one had a quick turnaround, being tail end of 2002 to tail end of 2003, like I think we said 10 months. At the end of 2003, the company Sammy, which was a company that specify, um, specialized in pachinko machines in Japan, they buy a large portion of Sega stock and are pushing to just merge with the company. But Sega is fighting that. They don't want that to happen. But they figure that's a possibility anyway. For some reason... So, I always thought that Sega was Sega Sammy. Like, I thought that... Isn't that their, like, actual name at this point? We'll get to that because, yes, okay. that does come up. Jumping ahead then. Yes. In 2004, early 2004, the game Astro Boy is released for the PS2. This is a tie-in to the Astro Boy anime... Uh, it was developed by Sonic Team. It was oh, it sits at a weird spot in Sonic history because this was after they had started thinking about what would become Sonic 06, but they were working on this. So the interesting thing about Astro Boy, though, is that they used the Havoc engine on the PS2 and to just sort of incorporate the physics system. So uh, prior to this, they were their teams were being put onto a new Sonic project because there was, like, rumor that new consoles were coming out. They want to start getting the ball rolling on a project like that. So rather than ditch their idea for a realistic tone and physics system, they just decided to put that into the new Sonic game. <laughs> so they began working with that um, physics system, the Havoc engine, for Astro Boy, and then would later use it, utilize it for Sonic 06. Oh, boy. I would like to hunt down this Astro Boy game because I hear it's it's fairly bad, but <laughs> it's I watched some footage of it and it looks awful. Yeah, so but it's interesting <laughs> to me. If you don't know, Astro Boy is like a weird anime Iron Man. <laughs> I guess that's a way to describe it. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I always think of. I don't, I never watched the show as a kid. Um, after this, Sonic Advance Three is released for the Game Boy Advance the last in the Rush, or in the Advance trilogy, uh, again developed by Dimps, has some story relation to battle, but 
that's not really important right now. But due to Sammy is pushing hard to merge with Sega at this point. So Sega is kind of managing its assets in preparation for this. So Sonic Team Limited is then merged back into Sega and Sonic Team USA is then renamed to Sega Studios USA, which we mentioned in the Shadow episode, and that's the reason for that, was because of the Sammy merger. Um, Sammy then buys a controlling share of Sega stocks and then merges with them in the process, so now they are known as Se- Sammy Sega, or Sega Sammy. Sega Sammy. Much like Bandai Namco and Square Enix. Yep, just slam them together. Uh, Sammy, I think, in this merger, gave all of their game development rights to the Sega half, though. So I don't know what Sammy's goal was other than to, like, siphon some money from Sega, but I don't know. Yeah. Like, I mean, from what I understand, they're one of those weird, like, gambling companies, so I'm sure they make a ton of money off of stuff we've just never heard of. Yeah, they were they primarily focused on pachinko and pachink slot machines, which are a very lucrative gambling thing in Japan. I, as far as I understand, um, after that though, Feel the Magic X Y X X is released for the DS. What a title! I don't know who was working on this, why they were working on it, but here it is. It came out for the DS in two thousand four. After that, though, development for Sonic 06 truly began. Uh, and also, Sega Studios USA begins working on Shadow the Hedgehog. So, Sonic 06 is on the way. Shadow the Hedgehog is still using the Sonic Heroes engine, which was developed by Sonic's Team USA as well. But they begin working on Shadow the Hedgehog. Then we move into 2005. Start of 2005, The Rub Rabbits, a sequel to Feel the Magic XYXX, is Another released title. for the DS. The Rub Rabbits has an Oof. explanation point. <laughs> After that, though, Sonic 06's game engine and test footage is debuted at Tokyo Game Show 2005. And I found some footage of that. It looks fairly impressive for the time, but, you know, it's just a test. It's just... It's not representative of the full game, as we know. <laughs> Shadow the Hedgehog is released for the PS2, GameCube, GameCube, and Xbox. We talked about that previously. Uh, after that, Sonic Rush was released for the DS, which was the next series of handheld Sonic games that was also developed by Dimps. Uh, Sega Studios USA begins design... Also notable, because Sonic Rush is basically the direction Sonic games would take after 06. Yes, Sonic Rush follows the the boost formula and the yeah yeah sonic rush did really well so So it's like weirdly important like uh you know like if you look back yeah especially considering this was 2005 the tail end of the like 3d adventure style as it was coming to a close so this was the introduction to what would come in the future yeah, this is basically like Sonic Rush basically influenced all Sonic games through what was the last one we had? Forces. So weird to think about for their handheld spinoff, but important important timestamp there. Uh Sega Studios begins design development on Night what would become Night's Journey of Dreams. They had begun 
they'd been kicking around the idea for a game called Air Knights for a while, but now they were really looking to do that. And now that they did two of the mainline Sonic games, they're like, or three, I guess, in a row, they're like, we're moving on to Knights. Uh, They already have the Japan team set to do Sonic 06, so we're moving on. After that tail end of 2005, the Xbox 360 is released. Start of 2006, I think in like February, Sonic Riders is released for the PS2, GameCube, and Xbox. Why? <laughs> um, the Sonic Riders isn't bad. It's weird No, timing, no. It, but... I mean, why isn't it on relevant consoles at the time? This is not something like, I had this game as a kid and loved it, and I didn't have a you know next-gen system at the time. But like looking at this development history now, I'm like, well, why wouldn't you? <laughs> uh, it was pretty far into de- development, and this was still prior to the PS3 and Wii being released. So it's like tail tail end, but yeah, you're right. They could have developed delayed it and then put it on new systems, but yeah, it's just it just it's one of those things. We're looking at this as a timeline. It just sticks out to me where I'm like, ooh, you probably could have, you know, had this this game coming. Would have but been to more be successful. fair, this is this is the best Sonic game to come out in 2006. Um, yeah, yeah, I guess it is. You could have had it online. They, they, whatever. Whatever. Pass the pass. But I will say, uh, you don't have it in here. Important to note, this is Sonic's 15th anniversary. Yes, 2006 marks the 15th anniversary. Because it is important for later. After Sonic Riders is released, uh, Yuji Naka, one of the head designers and creators of Sonic, leaves Sega entirely. Uh, which there's a huge wrench in the team's plan in developing Sonic 06 because that was like their team leader and he just left to form his own studio. So uh, Sonic Team is kind of in a mess. And then after that, to continue throwing wrenches in their plan, Sonic Team gets dev kits for the Wii and they realize that the project they had been working on is way too ambitious for the Wii hardware. Their physics engine isn't going to work. Their lighting engine isn't going to work. But rather than put in the time needed to sort of demake the game to fit the Wii, which might impact the 360 version if they keep them the same, they say, okay, we're just going to do a new game for the Wii, which is a good idea if they weren't trying to release it back to back. Right. Because of this, they split the team in two, uh, and send that half to go make a new motion-based Wii game, which would then become Sonic and the Secret Rings. But that left the existing team halved in their resources, and they had to meet a deadline of this year. <laughs> so they were really stressing about that. Sega was pushing hard on the team to release the game for the 2006 holiday season. And for what other reason? Well, because it's the 15th anniversary and that's important, but also it's new generation consoles and we got to get something. Oh man, the way I've heard it, I've heard people talk about it, was that Sega was obsessed with having this game out for Sonic's 15th birthday. <laughs> yes, and they were. Which is, looking at the state of it, awful. Yeah, so... Sonic Team is left as just a handful of members. They don't have any help from Sonic Team USA because they're developing Knights. Uh, They don't have any help from the Wii half of the team. They're kind of just left to piece something together. Speaking of, Sega Studios USA 
begins development on Night's Journey of Dreams for the Wii. They got their Wii dev kits and they start working on that. Uh, shortly after they begin work on that, the PS3 is finally released. And then... Excuse me, I'd like you to use that game's proper title. Sonic the Hedgehog. Thank you. Is released for the Xbox 360. After that, we got Sonic the Hedgehog Genesis for, for the GBA. If you don't know about this, it's a port of the first Sonic game for the Game Boy Advance. And it's really slow and stuttery and uh, the screen is crunched so bad you can't tell what's upcoming and it sucks and it's a really bad port oh man that's wild too i guess in my brain i never correlated that this game is out two years after the ds yeah that's also i guess that never clicked in my brain like the same thing with sonic writer stuff i'm like wow yeah i mean this was for the game boy advance which is weird considering we already had sonic rush and that's wild but you gotta get it out for the 15th birthday but like who made the decision to put out a game boy advance game in 2006 like what's also weird and i figured this out i didn't know this until i was researching it but sonic the hedgehog genesis never released in japan lucky that it was (laughs) it was only in the states and maybe a limited printing in europe well there is a ds like classic sonic collection yes and that's way better but the Sonic the Hedgehog Genesis was only released in the States and mm, Europe. Interesting. Um, after that mess, though, the Wii is released, the tail end of 2006. And then the in Japan, December, uh, Sonic 06 is released for the PS3. 2007, this is after Sonic 06 is starting to get just god-awful reviews because it deserved it, because uh, it was rushed out the door. The Wii team comes out with their game at the start of 2007. Sonic and the Secret Rings is released for the Wii. It is also not very good. (laughs) Uh, After that, Sonic Rush Adventure is released for the DS, which was also developed by Dimps. Knight's Journey of Dreams is released for the Wii uh, late 2007. So Sonic Team USA's project finished up. Uh, And that got mediocre reviews uh then this leads into 2008 the next gen systems had been out for a couple years at this point sonic riders zero gravity is released for the wii and the ps2 again not releasing for the more relevant well i guess it's for the wii but why because you know it's a it's a wii exclusive but the wii games run on the ps2 and people still have those so why not yeah, I just yeah, I just don't. I I never understood, especially with this area, why you wouldn't want to put your game out on everything. <laughs> this yeah, was also kind funny. of the era too, where uh, kind of famously Japanese devs were like suffering because they weren't getting the sales. So when I see something like this, I'm like, why wouldn't you get this out on PS3 and 360 and make cover white? I don't know. It just kind of blows my mind a little bit. Yeah, I would say I would say that it's like new hardware, and they weren't quite y- used to developing on it. But this was two years after the hardware had de- had released, like about two and a half since the dev kits were probably released. Yeah, totally. So you'd think they would have some experience by then. Well, and the Wii was the dominant platform at the time, but like the 360 also was killing it. So I, it's just it's just so weird to me that they wouldn't. But Xboxes hadn't really, well. especially this time period. Xboxes weren't selling great in japan 
in Japan, but everywhere else. I guess that's true. Yeah, I don't know. It's just interesting. Um, 2008, though, they decided to move on from the adventure series. They took what was working with Sonic Rush and then started developing the next Sonic game, and that was released in 2008 with Sonic Unleashed. The PS2 and Wii version released first, and then after that was the 360 version, and then the PS3 version. Um, The PS2 and Wii version are the same, and then the 360 and the PS3 version are the same. But they're different from each other. And these sort of established what the boost formula would be. It also had the Werehog, which critics were not fond of. So that dropped its scores a lot. After the reception of that, Sega decided to reevaluate its Sonic IP, and that's when Sega Studios USA was then reabsorbed back into the Japanese branch, and they abandoned their US USA headquarters. It wouldn't be until 2017 when they established a new USA development studio. Oh wow, they didn't know they did that. Yes, um, I think it was. Was it Azuka that came? There was an Aaron Weber tweet um, about him showing up in 2017, but that was the first time they'd come back to the States since they left in 2008. Interesting. Huh. Okay. Well, thanks for doing that. That's really interesting. Um, yeah, just seeing Sonic... That's Sonic Genesis thing, that's still blowing my mind. Why would they do that? <laughs> yeah, and the writer's games being late. and <laughs> It's just it's so interesting. Sonic 06, do you have a history of this game? Uh, the only history I have is early YouTube. I was starting to see, and this was probably like 2010 or whatever when I was getting back into YouTube stuff, I was starting to see reviews of it where they were talking about how awful it was. That was the first time I had heard about it, and I hadn't played it until this review. (laughs) Yes, uh, I also haven't played it till this review. For me, this happened when... I never played it before this, but I remember thinking it looked awesome. Uh, and I specifically remember... It's one of the cutscenes in the game that I don't... Well, it looks like one of the cutscenes in the game where a bunch of robots attack Sonic and it's CG. And I was way into it because I love Sonic Adventure. Uh, but I never played it. I remember renting it one time and not really getting it. And this was before, you know, when you're a kid and you don't really understand that there could be bad things, you know? Yeah, Sonic makes good games. Yeah, or just in general. Like, I couldn't fathom the idea of playing a bad video game. And I think this is kind of the tail end of that for me, where I don't remember hating it when I rented it, but I also wasn't compelled to play it again, so I must not have liked it, but I you know, must have been subconscious. Um, and then I, of course, have the same as you, where I didn't really realize what it was until I started watching YouTube reviews and stuff like that uh, later on. Yeah, it was also, to be fair, 2006, it was kind of the tail end of me being into cartoony platformers seriously as a kid, you know? I was, I really wanted, I really wanted a 360 for Halo 3. That was my 
my thing, so I was kind of, my mind wasn't there either, so kind of skipped this one. Which yeah, the I mean, Halo 3 thing. was the reason I bought a 360 as well, but and I, by the time that I thought about the new Sonic games, it was, oh, well, I should get Sonic Unleashed because I played the Wii version. And this game just, I just never heard about it until much later. I got, this is a little off topic, I didn't get back into Sonic till Colors. Or not Colors. Oh, no, I did get Color, actually. Yes, you yeah. had Colors. I had the DS version of Colors, and that was very good. Yeah, I had the Wii version, and then I had Generations, which... And that was at the time when I was reading reviews and knew how to look for a bad game. And I remember that game getting very good reviews and being very excited about it. But, unfortunately, we're not talking about those games. (laughs) (laughs) Those are good games. This is not. start with this one how dare they call it sonic the hedgehog (laughs) yeah they i had heard somewhere that it was meant to be a reboot of the series it is it is definitely a reboot but then it's not but then it is it sucks (laughs) it really does yeah it's hard to like and look we know we know most of you probably know that sonic the hedgehog 2006 is a piece of shit. No! <laughs> so, if you I couldn't don't think tell already, any more like we're not gonna have any enlightened opinions on it. Maybe one, but like, I, it is one of those games where immediately from literally second one, you control the character and it feels awful. Like they've no! dumped the control so bad. Yeah pushing the control stick forward you're like oh this is off this does not feel good at all yeah the main issue is that they have this physics system but the physics system does not apply to the characters the characters have zero weight to them yes it 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 feels like like it makes me appreciate sonic heroes honestly yeah (laughs) no kidding at least i felt like i had some measure of control over the character Uh, here it it makes just core easy platforming like so uncertain there are moments in this game where I died and couldn't ascertain as to why. Because I jumped to a ledge but went too far to the edge and the character slipped off or whatever. There are a lot of, because of the physics system, there are a lot of moments where objects will hit you from off screen and kill you. There's just a lot of unnecessary death in this game. Also, another game where I'm like, please don't put no! lives in your platformers. Please don't put them there. They Unnecessary. The amount of times I game over and had to load the game up again... Oh, maybe I'm going to rip my hair out. Yeah, I'm glad that lives aren't really a thing in the modern day. Or if they are, they're in better games. But yeah, it makes me... I've seen the complaint from later reviews of this game, you know, after they've had some time to sit, that people said it was easier to control than, like, Shadow the Hedgehog, because Shadow was so slippery. But... There's something about the way the characters move in 06 where it's so stiff, but the acceleration, specifically when your character turns, they can't decide if they want to veer or if they want a 90 degree snap into a wall. 
Yeah, and I will say, at least Sonic or Shadow the Hedgehog's levels felt designed around his no! movement. Like, they're wide streets and stuff. And I never really felt like I was in danger of falling off, necessarily. Which I did in Heroes, actually. But, like, here, the level design is just all over the place. And, by the way, say nothing of the camera, where if you get it close to a wall, it just freaks out. And <laughs> you can't see where you're going, which, again, will probably cause another death. And, like, okay. Let's back up. This There are three campaigns in this game, so kind of our standard Sonic Adventure formula at this point. We've got Sonic, Shadow, and a new character, Silver. None of them are good. I will say, for me, I felt like Shadow was the most consistent to play as, where I had the least amount of frustration. I think most people would say that's Silver, because you can break the game with him. I don't know if that's a valid argument to me, but okay. <laughs> that's not playing the game as intended. If you're playing the game as intended, I think Shadow is the one you should probably play as if you're going to play this. I'm telling you, don't. <laughs> of all the games we've talked about, don't bother with this one. But if you're going to, I, I just play Shadow, I guess. This game has a thing where it has collision with walls. And it's the problem with Shadow and Sonic, mostly because Silver's so slow, he doesn't run into this. But if you run into a wall at this game, they kind of just bonk and fall over, and you lose all your momentum, which happens when it shouldn't in normal gameplay. <laughs> yeah, it registers something weird things as walls. The way the momentum works in this game is that there's no... is that there is no momentum. <laughs> is that nope. there's... each character has a set acceleration and top speed, and that... Uh, is reached by moving forward and once you reach the top speed you move at that speed and that is irrespective of any terrain any sort of slopes it's just the same acceleration no matter what yeah and it just makes judging jumps hard it sometimes like the the homing attack which we praised um, as a concept, because it, you know, kind of helps, like, like, in the adventure games, you know, you get fast and kind of lose yourself, but the homing tech kind of puts you on the center, you know, of where you're supposed to go, it slows you down a bit, but also looks cool. Here, and I don't know if this is the same for you, did you find that it was inconsistent as hell? <laughs> like, more so than the other games? Well, it has a certain rhythm to it, where it is extremely sluggish. So if you try and homing attack in between its sluggish waiting period, it doesn't do anything. So once you get the rhythm down, it functions, but is never fun because it's so slow. And it has no impact. Hitting enemies in this game feels like nothing. <laughs> like, there's no satisfying, like... Like the other games, I feel like enemies would blow up or whatever, go flying off to the edge of the screen. Like, here, like... It just feels like you're homing attack, homing attacking a bunch of like pages of paper or something. Like it feels like nothing. I think the main problem here is that it doesn't place your character at the place that the robot was. You kind of just stop in front of it, and then the robot goes flying. So it doesn't actually look like you connect. Yeah, and so much for that realistic physics engine, right? <laughs> like it doesn't work. There's no, like, controller shake or anything to, like, let you know that you're connecting with an enemy. It just feels bad. And it's not like... The homing attack didn't necessarily get me killed a lot, but it's just, like, it's one of the many things about this game that is incredibly unsatisfying. 
Um, what's also very unsatisfying is that you can't jump on enemies. Like in the adventure, in every game prior to this, you could jump on an enemy's head and then just have it deal damage. Uh, this it does deal damage. It deals damage to you because it doesn't do it. Yes, and I feel like that's all compounded with the level design, where this goes back to the level design that I, th- I think you had expressed you liked actually better. In Sonic Adventure One, where there's a bit more of like a you can go uh, out of the out of your way to get more extra rings or whatever, like this game has that. Except, I don't know about you, I felt no desire to engage with any of that because every step, every extra platform I had to do, I felt like could be an unnecessary death. So yes, that's the main problem. Because you're right, especially in Sonic's campaign in this game, I feel like the level design is the same that I praised in Adventure One and adventure 2 to some extent but that is completely undone by the fact that i don't want to play this game any longer than i have to so any deviations could result in just taking longer uh it also doesn't help that all of these stages are still super long (laughs) oh my god dude i don't think i played a stage that was less than 12 minutes like i mean i did one in like eight and that was about the slowest uh, that was about the fastest i could do the some of Silver's levels especially could go 15-20 minutes long. And Silver is so slow. Which, I guess, to to give it credit, his campaign was the one I got through the fastest because I never died. Because um, it is the easiest, I think, because he is the slower character. Um, and you can kind of break it, honestly. But, but man, is he not fun to play as. <laughs> like, yeah, we didn't really describe what silver is sonic and shadow control pretty similarly to the way they did before other than the control issues they function the same sonic still has the spin dash which is completely useless Useless. and does nothing in this game uh he still has the homing attack which is the only way you can damage enemies until you buy, buy the bounce bracelet and he also has the slide kick but and that's helpful for hitting grounded enemies and you can like slide under things think of it like the somersault from sa2 only extremely bad and does not feel good (laughs) every character you play as in this game has an attack that the animation goes for so long and like you have no traction on it so you just squirrel all over the ground and like sonic's kick is one of those where you'll kick and then you'll just spend like three seconds sliding around on sonic's ass with his foot out (laughs) it's just (laughs) nonsense yeah you could try and steer into more enemies but there's no guarantee that you'll you won't just stand up in front of them and it, it just feels bad. <laughs> Shadow has the homing attack. He also has this chaos attack where once you're homed in on an enemy and you have hit them, then you can then mash the homing attack button to do a bunch of punches and kicks on him. This is for the enemies with health bars, which are back, of course. Which, by the way, automatically makes him better than Sonic. Because with Sonic's case, you just have to homing attack and hope that that's not an enemy that throws their hands up in the air to hit you. And just keep homing and attacking. So at least with Shadow, you can just keep meleeing and kill them. And it feels a little more consistent. Shadow also has the a kick and I guess a tornado move. I looked this up. I could not. I did not pull this off at all in my gameplay. Well, he has a weird projectile thing that if you jump and you... Well, this is the that's the Chaos Spear. That's different. This, this is a weird kick move. Okay. Uh, um... Yeah, the Chaos Spear you can use to jump and then throw a projectile. I don't think it hurts enemies at all. 
until you upgrade it to the chaos lance and even still it doesn't do that much it mainly just stuns them which seems useless shadow can also use vehicles in his stages but they suck and the collision makes them break quicker than they should yeah there's only like a couple instances where you have to use vehicles so you're kind of better off just on foot if you see a jeep just ignore it you probably don't need it or the motorcycle the motorcycle is literally useless um but silver on the other hand has none of those abilities um he can't homing attack he can't spin dash he can't slide kick what he can do is he can uh grab objects with his psychokinesis and he can throw them at enemies uh he can also get really like insanely close to them and slap them and that will stun them and then he can grab them with the psychokinesis which is the most effective way to deal with enemies but it is also the most dangerous because that like the radius on his slap is so it's literally like his model that's it <laughs> it's awful playing silver is like like if you played the game control from 2019 but it was really <laughs> like yeah that's a good way of putting it you just be like if you've played control and this is not a relevant touchstone to some people but you can grab objects and then you have this powerful animation of just hucking at a dude's head imagine if it was that but the animation is it just bounces off like a rubber ball and you're not guaranteed if the attack will connect <laughs> yep <laughs> it looks ridiculous it doesn't work half the time and also like they have to keep respawning in boxes you're basically just throwing boxes the whole time <laughs> so a lot of times you just end up waiting around for boxes to respawn because you've thrown them and half of them didn't work <laughs> yes yeah, so you have to wait for them to despawn and then respawn you can also grab enemy projectiles and then throw them back at them which seems cool but Again, it gets so boring. <laughs> yes, you just have to wait, and the enemies take so long to try to attack you. It's awful. Um, Shadow's, or Silver's other move is that he can hover briefly while he's in the air. Um, and this is where you can, like, break the game, really, is if you just mash it, then it doesn't actually deplete the meter as fast. So you can fly a lot farther than they in intended. Which is really useful. <laughs> There are also, even though Sonic Team pared the playable character campaigns down to three and made them all hedgehogs, so you'd think, you know, they would have just focused on core gameplay, there's also a bunch of other side characters that are playable. Like, you're going to run into Tails and Knuckles and play as them for a little bit. Gamma's there. Uh, <laughs> Gamma's there. Gamma's there. <laughs> um, it, and all of those characters with the exception of one, are god-awful. Yeah, there's... Anytime it swaps to another character, I'm like, oh man, why? <laughs> and it does not mid-stage, too. It's not like they get their own levels. Like, every once in a while, one of them will. But mid-stage, you'll have to swap to Gamma or whatever, and then do some horrible shooting-slash-platforming with him. And it just, like, any sense... Like, the, like the tiniest amount of flow this game has, it ruins... <laughs> Yeah, so the six playable characters, playable side characters are Tails, Knuckles, Bruges, Omega, Amy, and Blaze from Sonic Rush. Okay, let me ask you a question. Yes. If you're Sonic Team, mm -hmm. 
and you make the silver campaign, uh-huh. you undoubtedly know it's bad, right? Uh, yes, because we're rushing to finish it. <laughs> yes. But let's, let's let's just pretend they're making choices. You know, like they still have time to make these these choices. You look at that, and then you look at your other playable characters, and you know, those are bad too. Except for Blaze for some reason, who is also not good, but is way better than even the main playable characters. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Am I off on this? Like... That was the only point in this game I had fun. Is playing as Blaze. Playing as Blaze. Blaze was fun to play as. Yeah, honestly, if Sonic didn't have his upgrades in the form of, like, the gems, then Blaze would be the best character in the game. It's just like, why wouldn't you make this game Sonic, Shadow, and Blaze, and then have Silver be the The sidekick? Yeah. Like, Because we want to show off our physics engine. (sighs) It's just like, Blaze's gameplay is so much more fun. Also, I will say, so she does have one of those attacks that lasts for way too long and sends you flying across the screen. Hers is probably the worst example of it, where it just lasts for like five seconds straight. Whatever yeah, her, her kick fire or whatever spin. is. Yeah. But her homing attack is the most satisfying homing attack in the game. Like, undoubtedly. She thankfully gets a whole level to herself, but that's kind of... She she plays she gets a whole level and then like two other bits, and then you don't see her again because, whatever. <laughs> well, it, what you do see her again if you decide to play the DLC. This came a DLC. <laughs> yeah, there's a, uh, there was I believe three. There's one that has very hard missions. There's one that lets you play stages. There's a bunch of stages for all the side characters, and then there's one. There's a third one. I don't know. I didn't buy them, of course, because why would I? Can you? You can, yeah. They're still on the Xbox store. Oh, interesting. Huh. I considered it, and then I was like, no, I don't want to play this game anymore. I didn't even know this game had DLC. Yeah, um, I, I mean, I guess this was just a long way of saying everything about this game sucks and it's bad. <laughs> Man, I, okay, we're talking about side characters, we're talking about stuff. None of them are as bad, though, as sonic's like speed sections the mock speed sections yeah they're really bad there are parts of levels and they're not even their own levels so this makes it actually worse this is where i got the most game overs where sonic is it's just like an auto runner where sonic is running super fast and you have to platform and dodge things and you can't stop you have no control over anything but going left to right and they are the worst moments of the game when you jump, you lose all control, so you better be facing, you know, you better be facing forward when you jump, otherwise you're flying off to the side, dying. Things will just come and hit you out of nowhere. There is one of these sections in particular, which is the worst moment in the game. It's in uh, Crisis City, uh, where you're running from a fire tornado, and the camera reverses on you mid-running, which reverses your controls. And you're running on a highway where if you run too far to the left or right, you'll fall off and die, which is great. Oh, yeah. Really, Always uh, great. Really cool. Really cool thing about that level. Uh, the other gr- great thing about that level is the fact that all the boxes explode and that any piece of shrapnel can hurt you. Oh, yeah. And then the other great thing about that level and all levels actually is the physics system where just it is unpredictable. <laughs> Where it doesn't work, it doesn't mimic real life physics at all, and things will just come flying off. And like, there are um, 
what are those what are those concrete tubes called you know what i mean uh rebar yeah like the giant pieces of rebar and that level that you have to jump over except they're spaced incredibly awkwardly so you're gonna jump over one and then immediately smack your face into the other and you hope you have rings to survive it oh yeah and you also mentioned the part where the camera turns around uh did you mention that it doesn't show you what's in front of you oh yeah you know it it, and sonic is incredibly close to the camera like it's so hard to predict what's coming up next the other cool thing about this game and these levels is once you pick up a a life because you know like in sonic games you can find lives once you pick up a life once and you die that life's no longer there which is the most cruel thing a video game designer has ever done to me yeah because it's not like i get the idea of not wanting you to just constantly pick up the same life but like come on yeah this game is so inconsistent let me cheese it like holy shit the the other cool thing about this game is that it completely zaps any and all personality sonic has any of the characters really the any silver has personality it's just bad yeah but any of the character like development we spent two three whole games developing shadow's character and then shadow is like just a nothing (laughs) in this game yeah um when we talked about sonic adventure and sonic adventure 2 i I remember we brought up like um that in sonic adventure 1 sonic doesn't really have a character he's kind of just whatever he's just there and in sonic adventure 2 that's kind of the sonic we all know right the like little snotty you know kind of a little cocky little dickhead (laughs) that we all know and love Um, yeah 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 this feels like they took two steps back to adventure again and he's just nothing he has no personality at all it's it's wild <laughs> like why what is the script <laughs> yeah and this being a reboot of the series where you don't have any of like the character backstory that the adventure games had um if you want to take it this way that is kind of false because with the introduction of sonic generations they pull stages from sonic's past and crisis city is one of them so it's canon so that would mean that shadow decided to work for gun after everything that happened in adventure 2 and shadow the hedgehog excuse me it's g-u-n it is g-u-n as the... they really make it clear they're not saying gun it is G-U-N. It is an acronym. Taking any and all fun from the idea that this cartoon hedgehog has an organization just straight up called Gun in it. Yeah. But he works for them now. <laughs> that boggles my mind. So, if you know nothing about this story, um, it's a disaster. But the the main plot focuses on this sun god called Solaris that gets split in two into Iblis and Mephilus. And then it's about Mephilus trying to reconnect with Iblis. And there's like so many time travel inconsistencies all throughout. Yes, it is a time travel story. And we'll talk more specifically about that in a second when, you know, we'll let the um, none of you who care about spoilers know. But, but it is nonsense. And even without the time travel stuff, like this is the Sonic game that we've played where I just I could not keep track of who had a Chaos Emerald or where they were or whatever. Like it's bad it is just all over the place 
Um, it well, has the, the writers Sonic... didn't. <laughs> yeah, it has the Sonic Adventure problem where if you see a cutscene that has three of the main characters in it, you're going to watch that cutscene three times. <laughs> What's also great about that though is that they're not exactly the same. There's one moment where a character jumps through a portal with a Chaos Emerald in one cutscene, and then you play that same cutscene in a different one, and he doesn't have the Chaos Emerald. That's fun. Notice it's all great. the differences. It makes no sense. I do want to speak on the visuals of the, each level, uh, because they are so bland and devoid of anything. <laughs> yeah, they're real generic, huh? Even the ones that theoretically should be cool, like the castle and the exploding apocalypse city like they all just run together and they're all so gross and bad yeah like they're not so unrecognizable that i'm like like if you showed me something i could probably pick out what stage it was it's just that they're not interesting to look at no they're all so flat they look like what you know when people like criticize gears of war and they're like oh it's so brown and there's no you know like they kind of dismiss its art because of that this looks like what those people think of gears of war is you know <laughs> it's just like it's just every... all gray there's yeah. so much gray yeah and like the the only reason the levels are distinctive is because they take place in different locations like like yeah i know this one's on the beach and this one's in the castle but even like the castle one i'm like visually it could be the forest level <laughs> or there's like the apocalypse city it could be magna core or magna magma core it's like they're all just so whatever <laughs> Yeah, there are a couple that look identical, but it's, um, what about the moments where you just play the exact same stage twice in the same story? Oh, man. Like in Sonic Story, where you play Wave Ocean at the start, and then you play a section as Tails in the middle, and then you finish it as Sonic with the mock speed section that's really bad. But then later in the story, you play the entire stage as Tails. <laughs> yeah, that's a great moment. Um... <laughs> Oh, and then you also play the entire stage as Blaze in Silver Story. The only moment I had fun, though. That's the one time where I went, oh, I had a good time. Oh, but what about the part where you play a fraction of the stage as Rouge in The Last Story? Oh, The Last Story. We're going to get to The Last Story. <laughs> no, we'll get to you, Last Story. We'll get to you. If you think all this is bad. Oh, man. Um, Yeah, it's all just atrocious. It is so... I like so many times I I think this is the video game that's maybe the angriest maybe ever. <laughs> like I'm not a person who usually gets mad at, you know, video games. I I don't think I've ever sworn so much at a video game. Yeah, I most of my profanity towards this game came from the story, um but the gameplay, man, especially later in the game where it just gets annoying and the lack of checkpoints issue returns. It's like, yeah. man, it's just not fun. <laughs> it is not. We didn't even mention how bad the hub worlds are. Like, oh, yeah, this game has hub worlds again. Like, SA1. This game is so clearly trying to be SA1, too. It's so almost sad, where it's just like, there are, I guess, technically three hub worlds, and they are all somehow more bland than the stages. And is there three? Can, yes, because there's two in the city and one in the forest. I mean, you're right. I know you're right, but, like, is that really another one? I mean, there's a loading screen, so sure. Whatever. Oh, man. Oh, the loading screens. <laughs> Which, I will say, not as bad as I was expecting. The loading screens? Yeah. 
still bad, still all over the place. If you know anything about this game, you know about the loading screens. It like there were um, side missions you can do in the hub worlds, which I recommend you don't do unless you have to th for the story. You will walk up to an NPC to accept the side mission. They'll tell you about it, and then it'll load for the character, and it'll you know do like a thirty second load or whatever. Then the character will pop up again, tell you about the side quest again. And then it will load again and put you into the side quest, which are like 30 seconds long, mostly. I, I timed a lot of them. They're not... Um, and for the record, I had this installed into my Xbox 360 hard drive, which, in, which has the load times. I timed a lot of them. And for the ones that load just the character talking, it's about um, 6 to 10 seconds. And then to load the actual mission, it's usually about 10 to 12 seconds. So that's about like 20 seconds just to start a mission. <laughs> and that's with it installed to the hard drive. If it wasn't, then it would be 40 seconds to a minute. <laughs> Did you do... There's a couple side missions um, in Sonic and Silver Story. Sonic has one talking to a man named Aristo, which he says is short for Aristotle. And it's a side mission where he puts a bunch of boxes in front of you and then you have to tell him how many boxes there were. But every time it takes... So it takes... You talk to him in the hub world. It takes a loading screen for him to tell you what the mission's about. It takes a loading screen to load in the boxes, which then you're timed to look at them but you can pause the game and just look through the pause screen if you want to, which is what I did. Uh, it takes a loading screen for it to then load him saying, okay, give me the answer. It takes a loading screen for him to load the boxes that correspond to the answer. You hit the box, it loads him saying whether you're right or wrong, then it loads the next set of boxes for the next question, and you have to do it like five times, and it's so boring. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, I stopped doing the side quests once I realized that they none of them were worth it, except for one. To be fair, there's one in Sonic's campaign, it's like the one moment in that campaign where anything at all has any personality, where you meet a side character called Sonic Man, and you have to race him, but he runs like a normal human, it's very funny. He runs like a normal hum human, he runs like a Naruto character. He runs like a, yes, but I mean like... Like, it's not like he runs fast. It's not actually a challenging mission. It's like a joke, which is great. It, it's like, it reminds me of like a side quest in a Yakuza game or something like that. And it's like one moment where I'm like, God, this has personality. This is funny. Why isn't this, why, why isn't there more of this? There, I will also point out there's one side mission in, while we're talking about side mission load times, there's one mission in Shadow Story where you talk to the guy and he gives you the mission, and then it just loads the mission after that. There's no second speech load. Interesting. Which is strange. Like, why didn't they just do that for all of them? But you're right. Sonic Man is the only exception. The yep. only other memorable side character is the Accordion Man. I did not find Accordion Man. All right. Is there anything else you want to say about the gameplay or just general this of it before we move on to spoilers? Uh, I want to talk about Sonic's gems. Oh, okay. These are purchasable upgrades for Sonic. They're they give him different moves and um, couldn't figure out how to activate them. Bought a bunch of them. Don't know how they work. Uh, you activate them with the right trigger. Okay, the game doesn't mention that. 
At least I don't yeah, think. Yeah, I, I just had to experiment with it until I figured one that figured out one that worked. Uh, there's two upgrades for Sonic that are mandatory: the light dash, or there's three rather: the light dash, the anti gravity, and the bounce bracelet. No, the bounce bracelet isn't necessary, but it is. Buy it if you play this game. Definitely buy it. It helps. Uh, the light dash is the same as it was before. You dash along rings. Uh, it just looks bad. <laughs> the anti-gravity, I could not figure out what it did. Um, it makes it so that your slide kick is lighter. <laughs> so you can slide for longer. Did oh, you joy. figure this? You must have figured this out because you progressed through the game, but it puts you where like you have to slide under a thing to go rescue this girl off the roof so i'm like okay why can't i slide under the thing i'm using the slide and then it you have to go buy the anti-gravity from the shop and then come back and then some for some reason you could slide under now it made no sense to me um the bounce bracelet is great because if you homing attack on an enemy and then use the bounce bracelet you can abuse the collision and hit them like seven times before you hit get back up to the top and it just deals with big enemies way quicker. Oh, I don't think I realized that. Nice. Yeah, that's great. Um, so Sonic has seven gems that you can buy. The The green gem does a tornado kick similar to the one in uh, Sonic Heroes. It's only slightly useful for dealing with large crowds. Uh, there's a red, red gem that slows time, which is very helpful for getting time bonuses to get S ranks if you care about that. <laughs> There's a blue gem, which gives you a dash. Um, I never really use this because the dash is so unwieldy and makes you move way too fast and you just run into a wall. Uh, the white gem gives you a more delayed homing attack with a slightly different animation. I think it's supposed to do something different, but it doesn't. Um, there's the sky gem, which acts like a grappling hook. You can throw it at an object and then you'll warp up to it. Uh, there's a yellow gem that gives you the electric shield. You know, it draws in rings. Um, I think it's supposed to prevent attacks, but it doesn't function properly. <laughs> and then there's a purple gem, which lets you shrink and do jumps. Do a bunch of jumps. Um, all of, like, whatever. But the thing that makes it great is that the meter that's supposed to deplete when you use them wasn't programmed, so they never run out. <laughs> that's great. And I, so I'd, I've watched Let's Plays of this game and stuff before, but, like, I I remember the thing where you can make Sonic small and just jump forever, and I was really sad I couldn't figure out how to make that work, and I didn't realize it was tied to one of these gems. Yes, it's the purple gem. I, unfortunately, didn't have enough rings to buy it by the end of the game because I just stopped doing side missions. Yep. Um, or I just didn't get a good enough rank in some missions to get enough rings but yeah there's certain sections towards the end of the game that you can just use these gems to completely just break the level design they're like do this challenge and i'm like nope i'm just gonna infinitely jump over it or i'm gonna grappling hook over this pit if you're going for ranks to get like rings in the side missions then the red gem is essential because you can slow down time and then that also slows down the game's timer so that means your time bonus is insane <laughs> Um, and since it has no limit, you can just hold down the right trigger for the whole mission and then get a huge time bonus. That's about it. That's really, those are the only upgrades that matter. The silver has one that does a big shockwave on the ground and that stuns all the enemies and that's great for dealing with enemies, but that's about it. 
Um, I think the music's okay. I like the main theme a lot. It's cheesy and fun. Um, I like Silver's theme. It's also fun. I think they make you listen to a bad version of All Hell Shadow, which upsets me, but whatever. Yeah, I didn't... I actually, playing it, though, I found the soundtrack to be really great. I mean, yeah, it's totally serviceable. Like, it, Yeah, it's totally fine, but then there's certain tracks, specifically, like, Radical Train and... Um, there's one other as Silver that I can't remember the name of now. But they have just, like, the crunchiest bass lines to them, and that's so great to me. But, I mean, the rest of it was pretty forgettable. I think just Radical Train as Sonic was great. Yeah, I mean, it's all, like, quality. I just, none of it sticks out. It's not like, like, I feel like, and I mean, honestly, Shadow the Hedgehog and um, Heroes suffer from this, too, where I felt like Adventure 2 just has such a cohesiveness to all the music, and it it's all pretty memorable. And I just feel like this for me slides under that which like it's all pretty good but i don't think about it like unless it's the main theme which you know is a fun fun song but other than that i don't i don't know yeah the soundtrack is the most polished thing about this game though that is true that is true all right uh we're gonna spoil it i guess if you care so go or whatever go jump in a a time portal yeah don't play it but if you care uh it's not backwards compatible on any xbox though i will mention yep so you gotta hunt down a xbox copy or a ps3 copy which have fun yeah for this review we just used my xbox 360 and my xbox 360 copy of it and then i just loaned it to dustin because there's no way we're paying for it twice yep So, I, a dumb, pedantic problem I have with this game. Elise is not a f- no! princess. She's a queen. Yes. Her father yes. and mother are dead. You are the queen. The f- no! But she's the queen of a city? <laughs> the one city? It's, it's like an island, I assume. Honestly, like she could be a nation. freaking ghost. She doesn't matter. <laughs> She doesn't no, she, do anything in the story. Uh, she'd uh, kiss a Sonic. No, I know, but she doesn't... It makes him supersonic. She doesn't do anything. Oh, she threatens to commit suicide at some point. Actually, she goes through with suicide, but gets caught. Oh my god. This story... This is why this story pissed me off so much, is because Elise... In Sonic's story, Elise gets saved by Sonic five times yes it is comical how many times she gets captured literally five times in the same story and then six if you count the one time she's saved by amy it is wild it is so awful like it feels like it's a meta joke that they never deliver on the punchline (laughs) like like even for these games which i do think are kind of in their treatment to women and like you know even for just like cartoony platforms in general that always do the it's bad. It's so, like, it just happens, like, every 30 minutes, she gets captured again. Yeah, and then Sonic saves her, and then something, whoa-oh, something happens, and then Eggman's like, alright, I got her again. Oh, and then it's so Man, tell her not to cry. 
also yeah okay so there's a plot point in this game that she can't cry other because uh her dad who's the duke uh did an experiment on solaris to split solaris into mephilis and iblis her dad is not a duke he's a sorry (laughs) he's the duke um that's not how royalty works it's not how anything works but that's fine so then silver and shadow are there for time travel reasons shadow traps mephilis in the scepter of darkness which is a dumb MacGuffin, and then are you sure it's not the book of darkness oh because the game don't get me started (laughs) god okay so yeah there's a line that is spoken one way and written another that calls it the book of darkness and it's not correct uh there's also a moment in shadow's story and this cracks me up when shadow has to go to wave ocean the person giving the line flubs the take and then says the line over again but they just kept the whole thing it's great it's so sad because <laughs> you can hear him just mess it up and then he stumbles and then he just starts the whole line over again and it's the saddest Ugh. thing like they just didn't cut it properly Mwah, chef's kiss so good <laughs> It's like that and then the uh, Book of Darkness thing. Like, those are the only two things. Because you'd expect this game to be kind of so bad it's good. Like, that's kind of the way people talk about it. Those are, like, the only two moments where that's actually true. Yeah, the rest is just so boring. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really boring game, I think, at the end of the day. But, yeah. <laughs> that and, like, Silver's voice lines, you know, the the infamous, it's no use. Like, that's kind of fun, but the fight is so bad that you don't want to actually play it. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. It's just all... so sonic or mephilis gets sealed in the scepter book of darkness and then silver helps the duke seal iblis inside of princess elise so iblis is like she's because like it's in her soul or whatever but if she ever cries then iblis is released from her soul and so this is the main game because they time traveled back to when that happened the main game takes place 10 years after the fact after her father died and she has not cried for 10 years Uh uh-huh no 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 it makes total sense um oh it's totally fine i just just, it's just also like there's something about like don't ever cry woman also, Sonic at the end, just smile. <laughs> like, no! you. I'm so angry. Um, also, like... If you have time to worry, then run. How... By the way, how mad were you? And I say mad as if any of this actually matters. But they can time travel anytime they want with the Chaos Emeralds. Oh my god, it's so frustrating. And, like, it's... You know, all time travel stories have plot holes. Blah, blah, blah. We know. It's not interesting to be mad at time travel stories for that. But this one in particular... Well, they could clearly do it whenever they want, as long as I think they have two emeralds. <laughs> I think they That's have two emeralds and two hedgehogs that can perform chaos control. So they could do it whenever they want. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> so they could just keep going back in time, and like instead of sealing Iblis into a child, maybe kill him there. <laughs> yeah, or just the main. Okay, so 
yes, the hedgehogs can time travel and they just never use it and it's the most annoying thing. What's worse is that the main villain of the plot, Mephilus, whose main goal is to just join with Solaris or join with Iblis to become Solaris again, his main plot, rather than just, oh, I'll just find Iblis and merge with him again. So his main plot is to travel to the future to where Iblis is released and find a psychic hedgehog there and he wants to change the future so he time travels that hedgehog back in time and six him on sonic to get sonic killed and then hopes that sonic and elise are close enough that sonic's death will cause elise to cry and then that will release iblis and then he can merge with iblis there it's Why? So, it is a worse plan than any of Eggman's plans. Eggman's plan in this, by the way, I have no idea what he's no. doing. But like, it is just, it's like if you're Mephilus, why don't you just go torture Elise, you know, like, or whatever. Like, they don't ever explain that. Like, why Couldn't isn't it just, just a direct... Couldn't he just kill Elise? <laughs> yeah, or, yeah. I mean, or even if you're Silver, right? Even if for whatever reason they time travel, he learns, oh, Iblis is in Elise. Instead of, like doing this complicated thing where he's going to go to the future and kill Iblis there, which makes no, no sense because why wouldn't you want to just prevent that awful future from happening instead of, like, you have an opportunity to stop that all from happening at all, period. Why wouldn't he just go kill Elise? <laughs> and I know why, because it's dark and it's a children's game, but, like, it just opens up that pothole that makes no sense. The other thing is that Mephilus can time travel at will. He doesn't need presumably he only needs one chaos emerald and just himself he doesn't need a second hedgehog so he could just time travel at any moment and then he well, chooses he? to because do this i got the sense that he couldn't until shadow accidentally released him from the scepter of darkness scepter yeah of darkness. but after that he could time travel at will yes <laughs> so why doesn't he time travel 10 years back to when they initially split and then merge with iblis there mission done <laughs> I don't know. Oh man. <laughs> oh no, that would mess up the time loop because then Sol then you'd have two Mephilus. It doesn't matter. Solaris's whole deal is that he can just devour all timelines. So you just time travel ten years back, merge with Iblis, and then become Solaris and then just destroy the timelines anyway. It doesn't matter after that. The whole plot with the Scepter of Darkness is like this huge time paradox because Shadow partway through the story travels back 10 years and seals Mephilus in the scepter of darkness and then later in the time stream he breaks into Eggman's base to steal the scepter of darkness and then it breaks and then Mephilus gets out but since Shadow is also the one to seal him Mephilus knows about Shadow once he is released the main thing is the blue and green chaos emeralds because Chaos Emeralds just, I swear, don't exist until they're needed. <laughs> like, there's no continuity to them. My favorite, uh, real quick, my favorite part about that is like when Silver finds one and Blaze is just like, oh, keep it as a keepsake. <laughs> oh yeah, hold on to it. That might be useful. <laughs> like, what? You know what these are. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, god, and then if you try and pull Sonic Rush into this time, oh god. Which I have an ex I might have an explanation, but the so the blue and green ones. The blue one is the biggest like just nonsense because it's the one that Elise has at the start of the game, 
And the reason she has it there is because Silver gave it to her in the past as a kid. So she has it there. And then somehow she gives it to Silver later in the future so that he has it. But so then he gave it to her in the past. Once they start time traveling with the emeralds, then it all breaks down because there's many points where there's either like eight or nine chaos emeralds in one timeline at once or which like i don't even know what would happen but this is where um in shadow's story it shows silver jumping into the portal after him with the blue chaos emerald in hand but in silver story it shows him giving it to elise and then jumping without it <laughs> so it just doesn't matter at all nope it's um it's nonsense the green one though because the t uh when they get into the future tails has a device that could locate chaos emeralds and they're looking for two so that they can travel back in time and you know get out of the future but then they find omega who's busted and left abandoned but then we know then we figure out that rouge left him there with the green chaos emerald to help shadow in the future but tails didn't realize the emerald was there and instead finds the green chaos emerald somewhere else <laughs> mm-hmm yeah it it's bad <laughs> so we do need to get moving um to talk about the end and um i do want to make the point though why didn't they just make elise an animal why yeah, she could have been a hedgehog <laughs> it just would have saved so many like like memes from the like like you all know the kissing no! and it yes it is weird in context it doesn't help it's still weird it's still dumb as no! um it's I thought it would be explained more. No, it's literally yeah, like... Yeah, I did too. I was like, maybe actually seeing this might help? No, it literally has no explanation. Other than she's horny for this hedgehog, which is just wild. <laughs> they could have just chucked a Chaos Emerald at him from a distance, and he probably would have had the same effect. Yeah, it's dumb. But I need to talk about this final level and how f***ing no! it is. It is awful. So much like Adventure 2 has the... Um, What's that final escape or whatever? Yeah, the last story stage. Uh, Cannon's Core, I believe. It's This is kind of structured similar where you're going to play as all the playable characters, aside from Sonic, in one big long stage. And Blaze. You don't play as Blaze in this because she's dead. Because she's dead, that's right. Because they killed though, the only fun character to play as. That's right. Well, they sent her to another dimension, but then when the timelines break and the dimensions are collapsing, she's not there, but everyone, whatever. It doesn't matter. This stage... It's, so it's a multi-tiered stage, multi-part stage, where you're swapping characters, and it's just chunks and sections of other stages you've already played, except they add in a bunch of no! purple, like, dimensional portals that uh, suck you in, and if you get in there, no matter how many rings you have, they kill you. So once those show up, they just suck you in, and you have to hope that you don't need to jump, because if you need to jump, you're dead. So you just have to kind of run forward, to avoid being sucked in and it's the most infuriating thing ever <laughs> it sucks so yeah, bad and they put these little orbs that if you touch them it clears all of the portals temporarily which they give you no context for those <laughs> yeah honestly it's just like pure chance that i discovered that's what they do but really all of these sections can be easily breezed through with everyone except for silver <laughs> Silver's is really bad, but it's not obvious that you can breeze through them. Like, Oh, if you're like me and just thinking that, oh, this game isn't programmed well, I could just 
take Knuckles, jump to a high place, and fly to the end of the stage. Yeah, I mean, Knuckles and Ruza's parts were just like, whatever. Because <laughs> you can just climb the... Bl- uh, Tails, once I off. figured it out, I could get yeah, to Tails took quickly. me a minute. Like, and yeah, oh, Silver, it took me a minute, too. But... Silver and Gamma, like... Well, Gamma, you could just mash the hover button and not lose any altitude, so I did that. Really? That works with him? Yeah. <laughs> oh my f- god. <laughs> yeah, you could breeze through a lot of that stage that way. His hover is awful. I wish I had known that. No, because it's fantastic because you mash it and then you cheese the level. He loses altitude seemingly randomly and really fast. Like, oh my god, that's that's awful. I did not know that. Um, his part was hell for me. Yeah, you could do the same with Silver's hover, but it does have a meter, so it will run out eventually. Gamma's just doesn't. And it was when you do that with Silver's hover, you're gonna die if you're next to one of those uh, void portal things. It'll yeah, yeah. kill you, which is what makes his part so atrocious and because he's so slow (laughs) yes yeah it's there's one jump in the end of his section in particular we have to jump up these like retracting platforms it's like right at the end oh yes yeah and you get to the top lift and it's the sand level and in this level for some reason just touching the sand they just assume everything's quicksand and it's going to kill you even though it looks fine you get to the top the top of this wall and the top of the wall is safe, but right next to the top of the wall is the sand. So if you overjump it, you're going to die. And Oh, oh and also right next to the sand is a eyeball that will suck you in and kill yep. you. So you have to veer all the way to the left and hover and hope you don't get sucked in by the, the void thing and make it to this, like, stairs. It's awful. It's just Oh, miserable. but the stairs have eye portals, too. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> yeah, Silver's is the worst part of that story shadows isn't great but whatever the rest of them you can all just kind of skip through yeah shadows is king oh, of valley amy which... amy's is dumb it, yeah because amy amy's so slow shadows. yeah shadows shadow section what i did it my first try but it did give me like it did scare the shit out of me because it was in kingdom valley and it has those like ropes that you need to jump on that like in the main game i would miss every once in a while because of the homing attack and so it was just scary, but yeah, it's um, it's a lot. And then the final boss battle, I think, is just so boring. <laughs> oh, it's a joke. Thankfully, it's not hard, which I do appreciate. I would rather have boring than hard in this game. Yeah, but, rather boring than frustrating. Yep, yeah, because that's the idea. That's this game's version of hard is just frustrating. It's um, like the fact that if you get a game over, you have to do that whole end of the world stage again. <laughs> Which I had to do. On the boss? No, I was still playing the silver section, but I got oh, a game yeah. over and had to do all yeah, of it. Yeah, there's again. no checkpoints. Like if I guess there's checkpoints for characters in between characters, but there's no checkpoints mid character, so you had to make it through the whole section. Yeah, the final boss is just really simple. You're the three hedgehogs, they all have super forms, you're swapping between them. Um, your rings deplete, but when you swap to a different character, presumably that character that you swap from is collecting rings, I guess. And yeah, so, just like the final boss in SA2 worked. Yeah, totally. This I just found it really kind of unclear on how you dealt damage. <laughs> so Yeah, it, it really just... seemed like only Silver was able to deal damage. Oh, for me it was Sonic. Yeah, there's like one phase that only Sonic can do anything, and then there's one phase where Silver can kind of do something. So I figured out he does have, like, the whatever the final boss is called, has different animations where they'll become vulnerable. 
And pretty much if you charge up Sonic completely, which by the way is a mechanic they don't explain to you, you hold the right trigger and you charge up their bar or whatever. Um, yeah, that's the button that uses the bar. <laughs> yes. Yes, which I guess you knew about, but I didn't because the game didn't say. But it charges silver or Sonic and Shadow with silver depletes it, so that's a little confusing. But if you charge up all the way with Sonic and you use that attack, which is basically just to, he just rushes forward and hits the, hits the enemy in the stomach, you're going to get him every time. So for me, it was just a matter of playing the other two characters long enough and then switching to Sonic and then hitting him. Yep, pretty much. And then it has a second phase, which much like Adventure 1's Final Chaos Battle, uses the theme song. I guess it's the opposite of Chaos Battle, so technically it's a little better, I guess. <laughs> it yeah. Uses the hype song. But it's the same thing, pretty much, except there's lasers all over, which makes it hard to see. But whatever, it's fine. It, it has no teeth, which is totally fine with me and then because at this point you're done with the game yep and then the ending of the game is basically like time travel it never mattered yeah so they time travel back to when solaris is just a little flame and then elise hesitates to blow it out which like you get out of here but she does she blows out solaris and then erases the entire plot of the game except not really she kind of has a memory for some reason i don't know on sonic remember and sonic's still there and then you know generations comes about and writes it back in and it's just a disaster (laughs) yes real quick before we go silver sauce boss fight oh which one's that (laughs) it's the iblis fight where you're on oh yeah (laughs) it's terrible it's one of those boss fights where if you don't do enough damage to him by a certain point in the fight you may as well just start over (laughs) and it's miserable um do you what did you like the fact that silver has to throw things at the bottom of the egg genesis but then they didn't unwrite the homing attack code so sonic can also homing attack the bottom of the egg genesis it's pretty good what about the fact that they don't explain that the egg cerberus takes double damage from running into statues oh my god um (laughs) what about the fact that silver's entire bit is throwing stuff and during that his final boss fight if you pick up more than one rock to throw at the enemy if you throw two they'll collide with each other mid-air destroying themselves and destroying your ammo and destroying any chances you have of beating the boss well no you just wait until you pick up the big rock and then and then don't do enough damage so then you've lost oh neither of us complained about the billiard puzzle i skipped it oh i mean i attempted to do it legitimately but after 15 minutes i skipped it yeah, no, you have to guide a ball down down a hallway, and for some reason you can only hit it so many times, for some reason, and you have to get it's it to the end. It's also on a timer, and it can only collide with things so many times, and it's not consistent. And It's bad. There's a really well-known way to clip through the wall. If you just drag a box over to the door you need to get through, and you jump on top of it and use your psychokinesis, you'll fly up on the box and just collide with the wall and shove yourself through it. Yeah, it's super easy to do, but like, God, why? <laughs> the yep. puzzle is nothing. I lit- I tried to do it legitimately. I literally attempted for 25 minutes, and then I gave up. <laughs> I mean, I knew that was coming, so I was like, I'm going to try this. But... I tried it three times, and I was like, okay, I'm not going to frustrate myself. I'm done. Um, yeah, it's bad.
Yep, that is Sonic the Hedgehog. No, I will not refer to it as Sonic 06 because they did not. It's Sonic this the Hedgehog. This is their mess. They get to sit in it. What am I going to title the episode? Sonic the Hedgehog. Just all caps? <laughs> sure. <laughs> all right. Thank you for listening. If you listen to our Sonic little Sonic marathon, um, you can go back to when we're a lot more positive with the adventure games. <laughs> Yeah, Adventure them. One and Two are good. If you, this is the for the five three D Sonic games in the Adventure series. One and Two are good. I, I miss those okay. games dearly. Um, I pined for them at this point. Um, honestly, I've been thinking about just put plugging the Dreamcast back in. Yeah, me too. Honestly, I've been. I, I started I, playing this game. I just started watching another Let's Play for Sonic Adventure, and I was like, man. If you want to borrow the Dreamcast again. to play Adventure Adventure 2. Yeah, we will probably return to Sonic and do more games. Most likely starting with Unleashed, but if we get... If we really want to hate ourselves, we might do Secret Rings. <laughs> um, oh man, don't make me. Or, or I've been actually mulling around. Maybe we do a handheld, little, little handheld marathon. Um, but that's, you know, discussions for another time. Probably not the rest of this year unless they announce a new Sonic game which is, I don't know, maybe. But yeah, if you've listened all this time, thank you. If you haven't, those are back in the feed. Um, I am proud of our Shadow the Hedgehog episode in particular, but I think they're all pretty good. Up next, we tentatively, I think it'll probably happen, though I am ill-prepared for it, so I may not be on it, but we'll probably have a Animal Crossing episode for you in two weeks. Yeah, it'll be the, it won't be, the exact day but it'll be close to the one year anniversary of animal crossing new horizons yep and if i'm not on that episode we do have another expert lined up too to really uh really share with that game that that'll be pretty great i'm pretty excited for that um and then we've got i I think i don't think we've hammered down exactly what order they're going to be in but we've got a bunch of like smaller games we want to do you know stuff to kind of do a little bit of a palette cleanser from the sonic stuff so Keep an eye on the feed. Um, we'll also have regular, we've started doing, we're calling them Save Station Reports right now. Um, kind of just update podcasts where we talk about what we've been playing outside of this and news and stuff like that, give your opinions on that. So that'll be another one up next week of that. And then in two weeks' time will be the Animal Crossing episode. So look forward to that. Yeah, if you want to follow the show, you can at, S- at Save Station Pod on Twitter. Where can they find you at? They can find me at Dustin H. Dragon on Twitter. And I'm at ConiferSSR. Um, if you follow this podcast Twitter, we'll let you know what's coming up next. Uh, if you just want to follow, if you want to chat, any feedback, any just want to talk, hang out, tell us we're wrong, that Sonic 06 is actually a great game, you're welcome to share those <laughs> opinions. Those people don't exist, do they? They do, unfortunately. They do. Oh, my God. Okay. I mean, enjoy what you want to enjoy. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you for listening, and uh, unlike what I just did, be good to each other. (laughs) Yeah, and take care. Bye. Come on and let the beat, he's a rocket and he's ready to go. Cause now the countdown has started and he's ready to blow. He's got the dope sounds bumping and his stereo. He goes fast, putting on the show. Don't want to get yourself together, there's no time to rest. And if you put the time in, he'll put you to the test. He's like a running man.
cover my 